0: Hey friends, this is Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training. Uh, today we're going to keep going with this series on the New Age and New Age beliefs. Today we're going to be talking about uh, a New Age uh, a practices, the, these occult practices that happen, uh, that are practiced by many who are part of the New Age movement. Now, not everyone who do these types of things are part of the New Age. But these are certainly all different practices that you will find uh, within New Age circles. So uh, last week we talked about uh, just beliefs of the New Age and just kind of recap really fast. It is a blend of theosophy and Hinduism. I will get into more uh, theosophy um, in a future Podcast. We already did talk about Hinduism in a a previous series. Uh, They reject the notion of an all-powerful personal God. uh, Most New Agers will subscribe to some kind of a force. Uh, Jesus was not the Christ. He became an ascended master. Uh, They don't believe in sin. So sin doesn't exist. There are no moral absolutes. Uh, They subscribe often to moral relativism. They're very universalistic. As in, all roads lead to God, okay? There is no right way to God, even though Jesus said, uh, I am the way, th- the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's John 14, 6. Uh, but no, they... they and, I, and I shouldn't even say there are many ways to God, because that's not even really how they put it, but there are many ways to enlightenment. How about that? Uh, they reject the gospel completely and totally, they reject the notion of heaven and hell, um, the Bible, most likely many new agers believe the Bible is more of a, almost like the Kabbalistic, uh, uh, viewpoint of the scriptures that the Bible's filled with more of like esoteric secrets. So when you read the, the, uh, face value plain obvious text when you're reading it and i mean it says what it says and it's pretty easy to understand they're not going to look at it that way they're going to look for some kind of secret meaning to the text uh many of them have a oval teen secret decoder ring and they're able to run it across the page of the bible and they'll find secret meanings but anyway uh sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> some will actually look at the Bible as more of a deliberate deception uh, aimed at the masses for gaining power over weak-minded people. Um, they are very tolerant, okay, and they reject intolerance, so they don't tolerate intolerance, which is a contradiction if you don't see it. It's, it's just right there. Um, they uh, reject monotheism, uh, but they embrace, many of them, monism. That is uh, all is one. Have you guys ever seen that Dr. Bonner's soap? Good grief. How many words can you get on one small package or, or, or bottle of soap? Um, <clears throat> Dr. Bonner goes on and on about all is one, Mother, uh, Buddha, Jesus, Mohammed, uh, and, and on and on. They're all one. We're all one. Uh, they, many New Agers will embrace pantheism all is God. Uh, they, many New Agers will subscribe to this idea that man is divine. Uh, we are co-creators together. Uh, we are equal with nature. Okay, so you find many animal rights activists that are within the New Age movement. Uh, they, Oh, and of course, very important, they believe in karma and reincarnation. Uh, they also have a very magical, supernatural worldview. Uh, a lot of times they'll see the universe or cosmos as almost like a giant supernatural uh, 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 vending machine that can be manipulated through spiritual practices to attain whatever you want. So you do this or that practice, you do you know the right yoga stretches, you align your chakras, you do this, that, and the other, and you uh, then are able to push the buttons and receive whatever snack you desire. Um, (laughs) You guys get what I'm saying, right? They're able to manipulate the spiritual realm through occult practices. Um Oh yeah, I'll definitely leave that one in the podcast. Um (sighs) Also, something interesting to think about that I did not mention in the previous podcast podcast there's often kind of two different strains uh, or branches of new age thought that I just want to mention here and since I really can't put it any better um, this is straight from Ron Carl the book fast facts on false teaching it's by Ron Carlson and Ed Decker I think they said it very well. Uh, they say there are two major schools of New Age thought. Uh, the first is what we might call consciousness renaissance, a premutation in which mankind is stepping beyond its self-imposed limits to merge with the unlimited powers of an already uto- utopian universe. Uh, This philosophy works from the perspective that man's true mind has been veiled by his own ignorance and limits, and that man is divine and perfect. The world is divine and perfect. The whole cosmos is divine and perfect, and we're all part of the same divinity. Uh, We will achieve this state of perfection by unitedly meditating and willing the thing to happen. In in fact, just stopping right there, little rabbit trail, uh, in... Uh, On August 17th, 1987, New Agers from across the globe uh, went to special sites. And, well, many weren't necessarily at special sites, but went to places like uh, uh, Sedona, Arizona, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Stonehenge in uh, England, um, Mount Shasta, uh, and many other places. Okay, different places where it's believed there is more of a heightened Uh, um, spiritual energy there, and they all got together to meditate and perform rituals and chant mantras uh, for the purposes of, and they called this the harmonic convergence, but they did this for the purposes of a great worldwide transformation, and they truly believed that they were going to be able to pull this off during this harmonic convergence Uh, To their chagrin, nothing really changed, and the world did not make some massive evolutionary leap forward. Nothing really happened. It was a flop, really, Uh, but I thought I'd kind of go down that rabbit trail real quick. Oh, wait, there was something else about that har- harmonic convergence. Uh, Benjamin Krim, not Benjamin Cream Pie, but Benjamin Krem. Sorry about the bad humor today, guys. Uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Krim uh, was prophesying that uh, this harmonic convergence also would bring about the, the uh, appearance of the Lord Maitreya. Or Maitreya, some people pronounce it Maitreya. Uh, this is a character who, who claims to be uh, the Buddha, uh, the, the, the 12th Imam, uh, Jesus, uh, Mohammed, and on and on. I mean, he's just kind of the total package. He's, he's everybody's uh, um, hero of their faith, all rolled into one. And Benjamin Krem has been claiming that he's been channeling this character for, for years And Benjamin Krem was predicting that this Lord Maitreya will make his appearance at this time. (laughs) Didn't happen. Sorry. Failed again. Uh, But yeah, that was also part of this whole harmonic convergence thing that I think I needed to throw in there as well. Now, back to fast facts and false teaching uh, concerning uh, this this, um, two different branches of New Age thought. Okay, so going on... The more adherents who work at this, the quicker this state of perfection will be reached. All we need to do in order to claim our Godhood, both as individuals and as an entire world, is to step into the reality of our perfection. Sorry, this is kind of funny. I apologize. The reality of our perfection and divinity, thereby releasing our God nature and merging with our own heaven on earth. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I don't I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I don't have a God nature. I just, it, it's not happening. Um, uh, going on, the second major branch of New Age thought can be termed the quantum leap of consciousness. When sufficient momentum is generated by enough people having developed higher consciousness, then the entire world will be ready to take that quantum leap into a higher dimension, In contrast to consciousness renaissance, this explosion into the new age will come as we ready ourselves to accept the gift of a new life from powers beyond us. This giant step into cosmic reality will take place in a moment of time. It sees mankind on the edge of a massive evolutionary explosion in which we all wake up one morning in a new world where we are, all, we are all one with divinity and power and goodness. Guys, yeah, how about that? You know, what's interesting too, I just want to add to this, and this is um, some speculation that also comes from the New Age movement, um, but but they have their own counter theory on the rapture. Uh, many New Agers believe that there will be a time where um those whose vibrations you know like I talked about in the last podcast their vibrations are not on a high enough level <clears throat> at a certain point in the history of the world where they're about to take this giant evolutionary leap it's it, it's a spiritual evolutionary leap forward right um at that time some new age leader leaders will teach or prophets if you will will teach that um those who are not at that higher vibration level, they're not as spiritually evolved, will be uh, taken off of the the Earth, taken away. Um, some even teach that they'll be brought to somewhat of a like a, a cosmic re-education camp where they'll be instructed on how to raise their energy levels so that the rest of the planet can take this massive uh, uh, leap forward. Now, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I heard that, it made my hair stand up because I had heard it from a New Age perspective and I realized that that very well could be uh, the answer for the rapture. You know, when we all disappear and the New Agers come forward and say, that we had been taken off the planet because our our vibration level was not high enough and we needed to be re-educated. It's okay. They're fine. Everybody's okay. They're just having a nice, relaxing retreat on another planet where they're being re-educated or some spaceship out there in the middle of space. (laughs) Whatever the case. Uh, So those are the two branches of thought. I thought I'd mention that before we move on. So, practices. Practices things that are done, uh, that, or or rather occult practices that you find within the new age movement and guys, yeah, my voice, if you can't tell, I'm still fighting this nasty cold. Uh, actually the, the part one of this podcast, I just recorded it yesterday. So this is really, uh, only one day later and I seem to have gone downhill a little bit today. So I'm, I'm a little more stuffed up and my throat's a little funny, but so I apologize about my voice. Uh, I keep having to pause and cough. But anyway, uh, practices that you find within the New Age, astrology and reading of horoscopes and the Zodiac. Uh, Many of these things, there was a nice tidy list that I found in Dr. Walter Martin and his daughter's book. Uh, 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 Jill Martin uh, Rich? I'm not even sure how to pronounce her last name. R-I-S-C-H-E uh, Also, Kurt Van Gordon um, Guys, just as a little side note, if you two books, that if you're serious about worldviews and apologetics, two books that everybody should have Dr. Walter Martin's book uh, Kingdom of the Cults and also his book that I just mentioned, Kingdom of the Occult. Both of these books are, are just, I mean, they're just perfect for a person's library. They just cover so much as far as worldviews go. But anyway, uh, there's a nice tidy list in there about all the different uh, practices that you'll find within the New Age movement. And as I read through it, I thought, boy, he pretty much hit everything. So uh, I'm going to mention a lot of them. And uh, so thanks to Dr. Walter Martin on that. Uh, Astrology, Horoscopes, and the Zodiac. I have a whole series on that. So if you guys want to learn more about that and how that works, um, (laughs) just everything on astrology, I really hit it hard in that series. It was a fun series too. Uh, But just the idea that you can look at the the stars in the sky in the sky see what houses or or places along in the zodiac they fall and through all of the alignment of the stars and where they're at you're able to somehow predict the future as well as uh tell people about their character traits (laughs) by looking at the stars sorry that is kind of funny um And somehow, by looking at the stars, you're able to predict uh, a person's character traits. Actually, uh, judge what type of a person, what type of a character they're going to have just by simply where the stars were when they were born. Yeah, very bizarre. So uh, another one, auras or reading of auras or even painting auras. I was walking through, uh, this was after I got saved, shortly after I got saved, uh, walking through a new age festival that was happening in Fort Collins, Colorado and, uh, passed by a booth. Somebody was painting auras. Of course uh, they call out to me. Oh, sir, come here. Can I paint your aura? You have the most beautiful aura. It's so filled with colors. Yeah, right. That's what you say. As soon as your one client is done and then walks away, you want to get another client. You tell them how beautiful their aura is. Uh, but it is there's, supposedly a energy field that surrounds uh, all humans. Uh, one definition puts it this way, a supposed eman- <coughs> a supposed emanation surrounding the body of a living creature viewed by mystics, spiritualists, and some practitioners of complementary uh, medicine as the essence of the individual and allegedly discernible by people with special sensibilities. Uh, Uh, When I was part of the New Age movement, uh, I read a book on auras, it's been a while, but I remember that certain colors uh, that emanate from you would indicate perhaps uh, sickness in the body, other colors, uh, vitality in certain areas, Uh, some colors would indicate mood, um, and the strength of your aura would often indicate your, your vibrational level. Okay, so there was so much to reading somebody's aura and very similar to uh, reading horoscopes, really, is you look at all these colors and then you're able to make all kinds of judgments about a person. And this has nothing to do with or not to be confused with um, auras that people will see when they're about to get a migraine. Uh, I've been known to experience this from time to time where you see what looks like, uh, lightning bolts that will streak across your eyes and get right in the way of your vision and stay there for anywhere from two to three minutes, all the way up to about 20 minutes, your vision gets all messed up. And then somewhere around a half hour to an hour later, you've got a full blown, uh, mind bending migraine on your hands. Uh, yeah, not that kind of aura. Uh, moving on automatic writing. And this one is exactly how it sounds. Uh, and I've taken part in this too. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I did attempt to read people's auras for a while there. I really don't know what I saw. I, I, I thought I was able to see something, but who knows? Uh, it was Probably me and wishful thinking, kind of like what you find in many hyper charismatic circles. Um, but whatever the case, I've also sat down and done what's called automatic writing, where you take a pen, you put it in your hand, you sit down, and you clear your mind and you try to have some spirit or ascended master communicate by making your hand write. Uh, many New Age books have been written using this exact. Uh, Practice, and and I suppose it's it's really not a whole lot different than a couple people getting together and placing their fingertips on uh, the I think it's called the planchette of a Ouija board. I certainly have a lot of experience with that nonsense as well. It's it's the same type of idea. You're trying to get a spirit, or again, an ascended master, some kind of interdimensional being to communicate through your hands. Uh, It goes without saying, this is a very, very bad idea. Uh, There are the practices of clairaudience and clairvoyance. Uh, Clairaudience is, and honestly, I I don't think I've ever heard that word spoken, so I might be mispronouncing it. I apologize if I am, but uh, that would be where you, basically like a medium, you're trying to hear the voices of spirits. Um, And it actually you know, communicate with them. And you find that with mediums as well. You know, people sitting around a table holding hands and trying to conjure some spirit. And then you've got some medium that starts doing some hokey pokey stuff with their head. And then they start speaking with a strange voice. Uh, a lot of that really is hokey pokey. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubt there's a lot of charlatans out there. Uh, but there, there really are many out there Who are doing this and they really are communicating to interdimensional beings now when i was talking about this with uh my youth group i don't even think i've told you guys that i am now a youth pastor it's pretty exciting uh at the very small church plant that i'm i've been a part of Uh, but whatever the case one one of the kids one of the young men uh actually made the comment that he would love to have an experience like this where uh he would you know be able to communicate with the Spirit or something like that. And I had to quote this scripture. The following scripture is from Deuteronomy eighteen nine through 12. And it goes like this, when thou art come into the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. I'll stop right there really quick. In context, God's talking to the Jews right here. But as I go on here, it applies I mean it applies to us too uh, verse 10 there shall be not there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer, necromancy, communication with the dead. Uh, For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth dry them out before thee. When I finished, oh, actually, technically my wife, Danielle, she's the one that read that scripture. And by the time she had finished, he was a little red in the face, and he'd never heard that before. You know, that's shocking. And it's what you expect from the lukewarm church today where, uh, and and to give him some credit, he's new to our church but you don't hear this stuff out in the church world very often you don't hear about this stuff and so he, he was blown away he was like, oh he'd thought that all of these new age practices like we talked about Ouija boards it was an interesting day, we talked about a lot of this new age stuff and he was I mean, he was really excited about it until he heard the scripture and realized how God saw it. And then he was very embarrassed <clears throat> and, and he kind of sheepishly said, I really need to repent of all this. And we're like, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, communicating to, uh, or what you think is your dead Aunt Gertrude or whatever, communicating to spirits, and I, and I see this so often, you know, your dad, he came to me in a dream last night and he told me he's in a happy place and everything is okay and that you need to, don't worry, don't cry for him, everything's fine. In fact, I even heard uh, just recently from somebody I know very close, uh, make that that uh, particular claim to somebody else who's very close and told her, uh, dad also said, that uh, he's, you know, don't worry about the fight that you guys got in or the fact that uh, you thought he was drunk on the phone and, you know, hung up on him when he was actually uh, having a stroke and he ended up dying shortly after. That actually did happen. Um, And the one who made this comment didn't know that that's what happened. But this person communicated with a familiar spirit. Uh, There are spirits that are very familiar with our lives, familiar with what goes on, and um, they are more than happy to communicate with us and lead us astray. Now, think about that, the implications of what just went down right there. Um, Now, uh, the other party in this scenario is thinking, wow, okay, so my dad is in a happy place And this definitely was my dad because, you know, this information that was shared, nobody else knows about, that I felt guilty about all my life. And now uh, this has got to be my dad and he's in a happy place, but he wasn't a Christian. Oh, now you see where the deception has come in and suddenly there is a false gospel being preached here without really even saying anything about the Bible. Sneaky, absolutely ingenious little maneuver by some spirit out there to lead people astray. Fortunately, uh, uh, my wife and I were able to catch this uh, before it got too far and talk about it with uh, the one party that was affected, and we are able to uh, diffuse this situation and bring a little Christian light into it. Uh, She is a new Christian, and we're praying for her, and if you guys want to pray for her too. uh, So anyway, these types of uh, um, practices, these occult practices, they are, as God says, they are an abomination to the Lord, okay? And those who practice such will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Revelation 22.15 says... uh, For without, talking outside of heaven, are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Uh, Sorcerers are mentioned right there. Actually, boom, completely delete that scripture. It has, uh, it doesn't work. Uh, Sorcerers is actually pharmacos, which is um, using drugs and stuff, so... Moving on, another practice or or belief that you find within the New Age movement is in crystals and stones and how they will... Well, okay. It is believed that crystals and stones have certain supernatural qualities to them. Sometimes these crystals or stones will have uh, certain colors, certain energies, certain vibrational levels that can aid you in bringing about different uh uh, occult powers uh healings uh aid you in meditation heal you in in astral travel that's another thing i haven't mentioned I'll, i'll get into that in just a minute um and so, well, gosh, when I was part of the New Age movement, I had my own little bag of rocks and crystals. I, I remember having some clear quartz. A lot of this stuff, guys, has been erased from my mind. <laughs> what Call it age or call it the Lord sanctifying me, I don't know. But I remember having some clear quartz. Uh, I think I had some topaz I think that was the one that was supposed to aid you in astral travel, Um, and you know, it on and on. Really, you can use these stones to place them on uh, your chakras. You know, you see those pictures of 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 people uh, at at certain spas getting stones placed on their chakras, uh, and that's supposed to energize or align or or cleanse or heal chakras, depending on what you're up to, depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, I I have a particular uh, relative who, um, when an aunt was dying, had come into the hospital with a bag of crystals uh, and she placed them all around in uh, in, in this aunt of mine's bed uh, and and my mother caught it, believe it or not. She was the one that saw it and was like, whoa, and started picking up all the rocks and pulling them off. But uh, she really believed that these rocks were going to aid in this uh, um, relative's, in my aunt's, uh, uh, healing. It didn't. Sorry, it didn't. Um, she did pass away shortly thereafter. But whatever the case, uh, yeah, these this whole concept of, of crystals and stones. I might end up doing maybe a short podcast on it someday because it is kind of interesting. I'd love to get into a lot of these different practices a little bit closer than what I'm doing today. But uh, anyway, uh, moving on, divination. Uh, divination was another one of those things that was mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses uh, 9 through 12. Uh, divination is trying to predict the future using various objects and practices, uh, such as like tarot cards, uh, ruins, crystal gazing. Uh, (laughs) you could probably even lump into that gazing into a hat and trying to interpret, uh, the book of Mormon. Okay. Joseph Smith. See my series on, uh, well, several series now on Mormonism, uh, scrying, palmistry, uh, and dreams, uh, you'll see in the Old Testament, some people will try to divine by casting arrows on the ground. And depending on how the arrows uh, fall on the ground and how they point, good grief. Where where would you even come up with this system? But uh, you, you predict, attempt to predict the future by how the arrows randomly hit the floor. Uh, or slaughtering an animal and pulling out its liver and looking at the markings on the liver to predict... The future, or I mentioned tarot cards. I had several different decks of tarot cards. Uh, tarot cards, usually, if I remember right, I think there was oh, 52 or 54 cards in a deck. I think it was the exact same number of cards as you would find in your regular deck of cards. Okay, but they all each card had its own particular meaning, you know. And so, what you do is, uh, in more of a a spiritual, meditative, perhaps, state. Uh, You would shuffle up the deck with a question in mind. Uh, The person that was there would be really thinking and, and vibrating on their particular trouble or question. And then the tarot practitioner would then lay out the cards in a particular format. And if I remember right... See, again, the Lord really has erased a lot of this stuff from my mind, but I think there was several different formats you could lay down the cards, and um, by laying out these cards, then each, each particular position of the card would represent a particular part or portion of the question or, or trouble that this person had come to you about. And so you would go through each card, and by the end of it, you'd have kind of an interpretation or or prediction concerning that person's trouble or question. Now, certain uh, tarot readers were much better at it than others. Obviously, there is full randomness of the deck. I mean, you're shuffling cards. Uh, I would imagine perhaps uh, um, there could be interdimensional spiritual influence on how you shuffle the deck. I have no idea. It might just be pure coincidence, which is how I, I... Shortly after coming out of the new age, started seeing it was oh you know good grief what a hoax what what pure silliness uh, and it's you know it's funny like reading a horoscope uh, and I talked about this in my series on astrology you know somebody lays out these cards and you want so bad to <laughs> you just came there and chances are you probably even paid the person money to read you this this uh, uh, tarot reading and just like a horoscope you read it and you want so bad for it to be to be true that you start seeing uh similarities and anomalies and coincidences that wow this person really read my mail like they know everything about me and and so you end up buying into the prediction i would imagine i haven't read up on it but i would imagine many 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 lives have been terribly hurt by following Uh, the the reading coming from a deck of tarot cards i know i remember i also i I had a real generic tarot card deck that you could probably find in just about any old barnes and nobles uh, store i think that's actually where i ended up buying it or no maybe it was a hastings bookstore whatever the case you, you can find these decks everywhere it's like the the one deck that everybody knows about right And then I had this really expensive, hard-to-find deck from Aleister Crowley. I think they were called Thoth, T-H-O-T-H, something like that. And they were supposed to be more powerful. Uh, Recently, I was at, oh, where was I? I was somewhere where they had a bunch of New Age items, and I saw so many different types of Oh, that's right. I was at the Winchester House in uh, California, close to San Francisco. And they had, uh, in their little gift shop, they had uh, many different types of tarot decks. Goddess tarot decks and voodoo tarot decks. And uh, I think there was even one that was more of like a a cartoony themed one that, you know, was supposed to be more lighthearted, but you're still practicing divination. So uh, it's all the same in God's eyes. Whatever the case that's pretty much divination you know you're you're trying to use particular objects to divine the future of course uh esp i mentioned that uh in yesterday or last week's podcast uh extrasensory perception uh and there's so many uh sub powers if you will that people talk about that uh, really i think just glossing over this really and then maybe we'll go into some of these as we go here but uh clairvoyance is listed amongst these ESP powers telekinesis what's telekinesis telekinesis is the the um power to move things with your mind or you know like you've heard of people bending spoons uh i wanted so bad to have the ability to bend spoons and move stuff with my mind. I mean, come on. I've been reading X-Men comic books uh, at the same time, so of course I wanted to have my own X-Men powers. You know, Jean Grey style, start moving stuff around. Uh, I remember once sitting down for hours on end and tapping a spoon, trying to make it bend. Uh, and, and guys, it, it, yeah, Satan will throw you a bone. I mean, he'll do whatever he has to do to lead you astray and I got results. But guys, again, I was practicing the occult. And this is something that the Lord calls an abomination. I have repented of this sin. I've repented of it many times, actually. Because, you know, again, you're, you're trying to have power over the spirit realm, and you're doing it in a way that God is strictly forbidden. Uh, Another thing that I was really fond of when I was part of the New Age movement and I was practicing trying to get my ESP X-Men powers was astral projection. And you're going to find out-of-body experiences, astral projection. Oh, there's some other terms that it goes by. But it's it's the idea, and you're going to find this all over the New Age movement. You're going to find it in all types of various... Uh, uh, forms of witchcraft. At one time, there was even uh, a U.S. funded, government funded project where the military was <laughs> had their own uh, supernatural wing, where they were trying to learn how to do this. Because hey, I mean, there's definitely a military application here. If it was real, if you were actually able to project your spirit outside of your body into an enemy's battlefield and figure out where they're they're, you know the the whole battlefield layout figure out what they're doing perhaps even project yourself into a, a meeting room where um your adversary was plotting against your country and find out what their plans are how they maybe how they're coding their messages i mean all that stuff as far as war and espionage is concerned if Astral projection was a real thing. There would be tremendous uh, 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 potential for the government that was able to harness that ability. Um, Astral projection is very much practiced by the occult, by the new age. I was very much into it. I had many, many experiences doing this stuff. Uh, Let me tell you straight from my experiences, Um, I think it's more like a very vivid dream where uh, you don't actually leave your body. You think you have left your body, and then certain truths are revealed to you uh, along the way that might actually be reality in the real world. But get this, uh, when I would observe stuff, and you're going to find accounts like this all over the place if you study astral projection, Uh, you'll observe a particular setting And then I'll write down the details, and I'll find that a few of the things I wrote down were right, but a lot of it was just dead wrong. So was I really there? No. No, probably not. Probably not. But they were very vivid, vivid experiences. Uh, I suppose then, similar to that, lucid dreaming um, did a lot of that as well part of the new age uh, uh practices occult practices where you try to train yourself to have um uh, lucid dreams where you, there there are predictive or prophetic qualities to them uh guys Deuteronomy chapter 13 strictly warns against prophets who prophesy falsely all right and i was trying to do this through occult means I was trying to induce this situation. That's not a good idea. There's a reason why God calls it a gift. You know, you you don't just do this on your own uh, and and just snatch it out of God's hands. By the way, um, these lucid dreams were rarely, rarely ever correct. So I think kind of like a clock. A broken clock, sorry, a broken clock is right at least twice a day, <laughs> and I think in many cases uh, that's the same thing. Uh, another practice, numerology, uh, and I talked about this last week, and so I think you might already have a good idea on this. Utilizing numbers, uh, letters often have numbers associated with them, um, and using numbers to try and come up with some sort of a, a uh, predictable uh, uh, power to them. Um, for example, I would, uh, take the numerical value of my name and calculate it out. And by using these practices of numerology, very similar to, to, uh, horoscopes or astrology, I was able to get to a a page in my numerology book where it would just tell me all about myself. And, you know, it it was always in glowing, uh, complimentary, um, type language so you know you're really good at this and you're such an outgoing person and this and that and the other and by the time you get done reading it you're like wow that really made me feel good and of course you're going to claim it at that point yeah this is so right this this just works now that was a real cheesy example of numerology but uh, it does it gets very deep it's yeah you're just trying to Find numbers in everything and then use these numbers for predictable uh, um, uh, purposes where you're able to have a prophetic edge by looking at numbers. Uh, How about this one, psychics? I think everybody who's listening to this podcast knows uh, about psychics. There's a bazillion shows on TV with psychics. Uh, They'll basically try to read your mail. Uh, A lot of times they're wrong. A lot of times they're right, and I think again they're communicating. They've got they've got interdimensional beings, they got spirits whispering in their ear or into their mind uh, certain things about people, and it, it almost appears like they've got these amazing supernatural powers. Really, they're they're communicating with spirits. Again, this is all these practices, guys, are an abomination to God. But yeah, psychics, uh, they would be people that utilize a lot of these different practices I've already mentioned. Reading auras, numerology, uh, different types of divination, clairvoyance, uh, uh, reading oracles, telepathy. That's something I haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Most of you probably already know what it is. Uh, Communicating with your mind. Being able to communicate with other people using just your mind. We're talking... Charles Xavier style, where you're able to speak into somebody's mind and they're able to speak back. Uh, You could see where that would have some pretty strong um, benefits uh, as far as the military is concerned. I'm not sure if they studied that one or not, but whatever the case. There's also uh, pyramids or pyramidology. Um, You know, funny about that, I, I actually... As I was reading uh, on this stuff, I didn't, that was one of those things when I was part of the New Age that I never got into. And it just didn't really come up on the radar. Uh, I have in my possession a pyramid candle that I've had since I was, I mean, back when I was in the New Age. I just forgot I had it. I threw it in my box of candles that you kind of save away for... That, you know, that dreadful day when the power goes out and you realize that it's cold outside and your house is freezing and you have to hole up in the smallest room in the house and light a bunch of candles and try to stay warm. Uh, (laughs) I still have that in my house. And right when I hit the stop button, when this podcast is over, I'm going to take it upstairs and I'm going to introduce it to Mr. Hammer and I'm going to throw it in the trash. (laughs) I forgot all about that. And, uh, that would be what you'd call a cursed object. That's something you should not have in your possession. But yeah, as I was studying up for this podcast, I realized, whoa, I still have that. I know I do. So yeah, just know that when the pause or when the stop button is pushed today, that's the very next thing I'm going to do. Me, Mr. Hammer and an accursed object. (laughs) <laughs> but it's, it's believed that, uh, pyramids have special occult power. Uh, of course in the series on Wicca. And also I talked about this in the circle maker podcast, many witches and many who are, are practicing these occult practices will, uh, create what's called a power cone where they will, uh, visualize there's visualization. That's a new age practice as well. They will visualize this energy circulating, circulating above their head in a cone. Uh, and then they will build this energy up. This cone will extend down over them. And then they will release this, this energy in this form of like a power cone, uh, out to do whatever their spell, you know, whatever they're trying to do with their, their working really. And so moving on, and since I already mentioned it, uh, visualization, I've mentioned this one in uh, some of my uh, more hyper charismatic word of faith type NAR podcast. Uh, honestly, I I, and I think I mentioned it in the Circle Maker podcast. Guys, this happens all the time in churches. It happened in the hyper charismatic church that I was part of. That you would visualize your desires. Uh, oftentimes, you would also confess them and believe that you were going to receive what you confessed. But going back to uh, the new age, uh, it is taught and believed by many that if you can visualize it, you can get your desire. All right. So you want a particular job. You would sit there. You would visualize it. You'd visualize yourself doing that job. You'd visualize yourself as, you know, how happy you would be when you got that job you might even say out loud that, you know, claiming that you're going to get that job, this, that, and the other. Or maybe it's health. You're visualizing yourself in perfect health. Uh, right now, I'm suffering with a cold. It would be pretty nice to not have this cold, but <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But anyway, uh, you know, you're using visualization that somehow, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, through visualization and perhaps even claiming it with your mouth, the law of attraction. Uh, You influence this cosmic, supernatural uh, uh, machine. You know, the cosmos uh, responds to your desires and your visualization by bringing it into reality. Uh, Another way to put it would be by dwelling and visualizing this particular thing you desire, you are uh, uh, vibrating on a frequency that, uh, that actually brings that uh, uh, particular object to you as well okay makes sense <laughs> oh, clears mud right okay so uh, last we'll stop with this one seances uh, of course everybody's heard of a site a seance where everybody you know group of people get together uh, sit around a table oftentimes they hold hands and then they <clears throat> will communicate with the dead so again necromancy uh, familiar spirits these types of things again the Lord calls this an abomination. All right. This is something you do not do. Uh, in fact, Saul, okay, uh the 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 king that went before David, uh directly preceding David, I should say. He went to the witch of Endor, and he wanted her to conjure up. In fact, I'm gonna read the scripture. Okay, this is from 1 Samuel uh chapter 28, verse 6. And it starts off when the when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams nor by Urim, nor by prophets. <clears throat> then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I might that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit in Endor. Uh, She hangs out with the Ewoks. Sorry, I added that in there. Anyway, sorry about that. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night. And he said, and and it it goes on, uh, "I, I pray thee divine unto me by the familiar spirit and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. And so it goes on here. Uh, This witch tries to bring up for him. Samuel, okay, the prophet. And uh, (laughs) it's funny, you know, in verse 12, and when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Samuel saying, why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. Saul. No, I, I won't read that. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, after this whole event where Saul attempts to communicate with Samuel, uh, the Lord judges Samuel for this sin. This is one of the sins specifically that uh, the Lord holds against Samuel. And uh, Samuel eventually dies uh, because of this and a few other sins. Okay, this is a big deal. Again, the Lord calls it an abomination. So friends, if there's anybody out there who is listening to this podcast that thinks one or more of these occult practices is okay, know this, the Lord calls it an abomination. And even if uh, the particular practice that you may be subscribing to might not be specifically mentioned in your King James Bible, okay, okay. Uh, because maybe that word wasn't around then, or it might not be mentioned in one of your newer Bibles because they're watered down and they kind of stink. Just kidding. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that dig in there. But uh, <laughs> this is not something you want to play with. This is not something you take a chance with. Uh, the Lord is very uh, uh, clear that these occult practices are an abomination. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, people that took part in these types of practices would be drugged drug outside of town and they would rock them to sleep. They would stone them. Okay, this was a big deal. All right, a, a, a great sin. You look at uh, the book of Judges and so many times in 1st uh, uh, and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Samuel where the high places are destroyed and the idols are torn down, and uh, priests of particular faiths that practice these types of practices are put to death. Uh, I'm not saying that we Christians should go out and find these people, you know, bust into a yoga studio and start (laughs) slaughtering everybody in there. No, definitely not. But what I am saying is the Lord changes not, and his opinion on these matters has not changed. All right? It's a big deal. It is a great sin. And uh, if you're caught up in this, uh, just repent. Turn away from this sin. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Repent. Uh, if, you, if you have not trusted in the Lord, it's probably a good time to start. As in, uh, Christ came to earth. He lived a perfect life. And then, uh, as according to the pro- prophecies in the Old Testament, which are very precise, unlike Nostradamus and all these other quacks out there. Uh, he lived a perfect life, and then he died on a cross, taking the punishment that you deserve. The sins that you've committed in your life, you can't make them good. There is no cosmic scales that you can do a bunch of good works and put a lot of weight on your good works side and outweigh <coughs> the bad works. <coughs> the bad works. Okay, that's not how it works. Uh, The wages of sin is death. Uh, That's eternal separation from God. Once you have sinned, and we've all sinned, there's no one good, no, not one, as the scriptures say, Uh, all have sinned. Um, You deserve, if you get what you deserve, it would be eternal, eternal punishment, hell. But God, our judge himself, comes down, lives a perfect life, and gets up on that cross willingly, taking the punishment that we deserve upon himself. If we trust in him and him alone to save us from our sins, we will be saved. Uh, If you have not trusted in Christ, today is that day. Today is that day. I urge you to, to call on Christ. Ask him to forgive you and follow after him read his word get to know who this who this god who this god is who would die for you and serve him and follow him with the rest of your life uh, if you are a believer and you're practicing these practices stop and repent turn away from them never do them again and perhaps later on in life once you've healed up a little bit Try to devote some of your time to exposing these practices and steering others away from this nonsense. Uh, anyway, uh, I believe there's going to be one more part to this series. I want to talk about, uh, as well as some other things, i want to talk about how the New Age has crept into the church. Uh, it's going to be pretty shocking. Uh, the New Age really has made a strong influence on today's church, especially in America. And so that'll be either next week or I might put something in between this podcast and that one, but whatever the case, that's coming really soon. Uh, So anyway, with that, guys, I love you guys and I'll see you next week.